Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. For the opening season of 2021, I bring together stories of hope and positive change and have partnered with innovative florist Little Flowers with the idea that flowers offer us a beauty that naturally gives joy and are a potent symbol of change and development. Like Little Flowers, season four of Style Stories aims to put more smiles on more faces more often. Today, I'm chatting to celebrated artist and activist Noni Cragg. Of Irish, Scottish and First Nation heritage, it's Noni's style to celebrate diverse and otherwise underrepresented identities in all areas of her existence, including her professional and personal portraiture. Inspired by culture, colour and people, Noni is unapologetically expressive and whether she's bedecked in all black or she's coloured herself bad, it's her style to be seen and to be heard. Not the shy and retiring wallflower type, I've styled Noni in a pair of her own iridescent cowboy boots, some Bowie-inspired glitter flares from Alice McCall and a tonally matched vintage shirt from my collection. I hope you can sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to Noni's story. Hi, Noni. Hello. How are you, Melba? <laughs> Good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been a while in the works. I know. Yes. <laughs> we, this is like uh, Noni interview 2.0. Yes. <laughs> um, because we had a few COVID setbacks yeah, along Ms. the Corona. way. Yeah, Miss Corona. Um, but I'm grateful that you're here today and, uh, you know, maybe it was a, just a kind of situation of fate um, given that I am partnering with Little Flowers this season yes. and your beautiful artwork often kind of references um, lots of natural forms and we'll get into that. Um, but in understanding your art, I understand that you are inspired by culture and colour and people. Um, so I feel like that's a really good place to start to get to know you. So why don't we start with culture? And Yeah, you so culture, <gasps> I am a mixed woman. I am a Bundjalung Birupai woman uh, on my mother's side. She's also Scottish, Irish and Polish Dane. Yep. And then on my father's side, uh, they're straight up Scottish. So I've <laughs> got a double serving of the Scottish. Um, but yeah, I'm like a bit of a mix. And I think with my artwork, um, I tend to try and explore identity uh through culture so I always like to make little references to that um because I feel like uh for a lot of people growing up um you're told not to celebrate those parts of yourself Mm. I feel like especially um or maybe not so much told not to celebrate those parts but it's not encouraged it's not um something that people feel comfortable sort of exploring and I just thought no I want to explore that stuff I want to celebrate what's beautiful about um individuals and culture is an aspect of that that I want to celebrate the the kind of um denial or repression that you're talking about was that your experience of of your cultural upbringing or Uh, not so much like I mean um more not so much a uh, definite 
like rejection or anything like that. It was more just not having enough information, not having people to connect with. But as I've gotten older and my mum's done more research on her cultural background, she's connected with more people. Um, So was she quite disassociated from... A little uh, bit, yeah. Like my nan didn't grow up at home. She was in an orphanage. So um, she's even sort of got that disconnect uh, from her upbringing. Um, She was with her siblings, her brother and sister for some time, but not the whole time. Mm -hmm. So didn't even have that kind of support. So I think um, there's sort of that, uh, there's moments of disconnection. Mm -hmm. But I do think overall, Um, particularly over the last 10 years because my mum has put so much effort into connecting and networking and speaking to elders and even connecting with people from other mobs and just learning whatever it is that they have to offer her and um, really absorb that I think has given her not that she didn't have a sense of pride before but I think it's just uh, like swelled it up a bit more. Well, because more it's also knowing where she's from. Like it's her, her own personal history that would have been unclear from yeah, the story you're telling. Yeah, unclear is kind yeah. of the way to put it. Yeah. It, it wasn't like a um, clear rejection or anything like that. Or, no. um, But it, it was just because she didn't have all the facts, all, all the information, all the yeah. you feel like you can't celebrate it fully until you do, mm. um, if that makes sense. Well, she, yeah, it's yeah. knowing the story, right? It's, yeah, um, and just um, understanding her connection to land better and understanding her place in the world. And for myself, the same thing. Like, yeah. The more you learn about yourself and your background, I feel like um, – you can only know yourself better and love yourself better. Yeah. So in terms of your smaller culture, what's what was your household like? Because I know you, now you've got a, an, old, an older brother, yes? Yes. Um, My older brother Dave, he's yeah. an artist as well. Yeah. And our surrogate brother Ben, he's right. a really well-known BMX rider. Okay. He's incredibly talented. So Is he older or younger yeah, than you? Yeah, he's about the same age as uh, Dave, maybe two, three years older, Um, but we've all grown up together and the house has always been uh, kind of welcoming to all. So sometimes there's like six people living in a (laughs) two-bedroom house growing up, Um, lots of foam mattresses, (laughs) just about. So your parents are very generous spirits then? Yeah, well, mum. So I only grew up with my mum. My parents divorced when I was about a year old. Okay. So it's always been that very like... We've got to get by. It's uh, surviving on the link, yeah. Centrelink. Because um, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, mum uh, has uh, had issues with her back. So work, like uh, I guess consistent work was not really an option for her. Yeah. Difficult. Um, but mum's somebody who can make something out of anything. Yeah. Um, she was able to feed an army at the drop of a hat. She's just kind of like, okay, how do I do this? Yeah. Like, Trip to Aldi, lots of canned <laughs> goods and just m- making it really work and yeah. go far. Um, but, yeah, she's always... So, was she always just taking people in that needed help? Exactly. Yeah. Like, I cannot tell you how many people my brother and I have brought home and she's just like, oh, another one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in. Get in here. Yeah. Like, you can stay as long as you need to stay. Um, she's just always allowed our friends... Because, like, I mean, we didn't grow up with much... But mum 
would always make sure that anyone who didn't, even as little as we had, um, anyone who didn't have as much as we had, she was just Could like, share. no, you come in. We're yeah. looking after you. Yeah. yeah. What an amazing woman. <laughs> yeah. I hope I've... Uh, I hope I've absorbed some of that and hopefully act in the same way as she does. I am sure you have in more <laughs> ways than one. Um, so one of the questions I was going to ask you, but it sounds like you've answered it a little bit. Oh, no. in, in a way, no, that's all right. You, you're known in, your, in the art world for a, a tremendous use of colour, vivid and almost psychedelic and fantastic. I think um, that's from mum, <laughs> the psychedelic, because she's a child born of the 60s, yeah. 64, yeah. so <laughs> that's in there. Um, and so you obviously had a very colourful household, something always happening, you know, different people there um, to be cared for and I'm sure kind of gave all that love back. But in terms of the kind of like aesthetic piece, was there – was there a lot of actual colour around you? Like, did colour form a big part of your childhood? Absolutely. Um, like, uh, for instance, I've forgotten the name of the artist, which sucks so much, but um, <laughs> somebody will think of this as soon as they hear me say it. It was all the beautiful, gorgeous, um, usually Hispanic women, Cuban, Spanish, and this painter would paint them, like, kind of just ever so slightly uh, covering, like, breasts. Mm. And, like, mum had all these... They were copies, obviously, just yeah. from op shops. But um, sort of that celebration of the female form and those paintings are always quite dramatic in the lighting, like that chiaroscuro, like, light and dark, but still having really vibrant col- colours. Yes. So, like, women with the big flowers in their hair mm. and mum still to this day always wears flowers in her hair like fresh flowers picks them pins them in and she'll have some kind of like nanny fine bouffant um (laughs) and that's been since I was a kid and still to this day right um like very heavy nanny fine styling um that kind of like bright color thing in like mum's just clothing palette in the house um a lot of uh Vinnies and salvos um, is how we decked our house out. So glasses, cutlery, plates, that's all just things that mum sort of curated and put together, always really bright. So just everything. And she has a creative kind of hand on things then. I mean, she sounds like a very resourceful woman that can make things work. Treasure out of trash kind of woman. (laughs) Um, She would do the Roselle markets and refurnish furniture and like bring... Uh, life back into it very uh, Tex-Mex kind of colors so I think that's where a lot of the colors come from I've even still got a few pieces of furniture that are like these bright teals and really rich reds Mm. and gorgeous like mint greens all those colors you sort of see um, reflected in Frida Kahlo's house and like my mum is a massive Frida Kahlo fan as am I because of mum so I guess it's just Colour is absolutely all around. And do you think because your mum, you know, kind of had that liveliness in your interiors and had the artwork on the walls, did that inspire your creativity as a kid and kind of prompt you towards studying art eventually? Or Well, um, I kind of don't remember not drawing. Right. Like always have been painting and drawing um, – that sort of started with uh, my mum and my grandmother. I loved 
do you remember uh, how you could get these colouring in books but it would be with water would like activate them? Yes, 100%. I, I have kids. So yeah, there you go. They're still you know, doing like, well today, yes. We didn't yeah. have iPads and iPhones, yeah, no. so that's what you and I <laughs> yeah. did growing up. So like that's sort of where it started, like getting those from the $2 shop and right. then I'm wanting to draw the things that I'm seeing or just whatever's in my imagination. And my grandmother and my mum, without a doubt, are the reason why I am where I am. Mm. Um they never stopped encouraging me to draw and paint. Um, like obviously you yourself with whatever anyone does, I feel like there's that sort of element of imposter syndrome or maybe not so much imposter syndrome, but you're just questioning your own talents. Whereas mm. I never had that from mum and nan. Right. Like they kind of, just I don't know, I think up. maybe they saw something I didn't see mm. as a kid and that I just... We're like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna make something out of this. Yeah, like, I, I read somewhere that in an interview you've done in the past that um, your 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 nan and your mum always encouraged you and your brother to create together. And yeah, that, very much so. That sounds like an amazing kind of um, just very uh, warm kind of caring, lovely thing to do, and a lovely thing to share with a sibling as well. Absolutely. Like, I mean, Dave and I professionally have been working together probably mm. only five or six years, yeah. like in the getting paid kind of um, yeah. context. <laughs> but um, as far as making art together, that has been, that too has been a lifelong process, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, just like always uh, exchanging information and teaching each other our skills so there's like that crossover when we did end up working together we're kind of able to work around each other and with each other at the same time people yeah. are like don't get in each other's way don't you have yeah. creative like differences and it's like no not really because you've been doing it since yeah, you were tiny without yeah. even thinking about it yeah I mean I think it'd be like oh god nearly 10 years ago now um my brother was just like you're going to get into spray painting, like we're doing this. Like yeah. I had been like a dirty little teen before that <laughs> and done tags and stuff here and there, but yeah. nothing big and beautiful and gorgeous. And he was like, we're doing a portrait together. We're just going to give it a go and like went and found a cheeky little wall to do it on and did a portrait of um, Shanae Carey. She's absolutely gorgeous. Um, she's a beautiful bunch along woman. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, did a big portrait of her and I was just like, oh, I can see what there is available now. Like it it was just that little sort of spark moment where it's like, no, I can do the murals. Yeah. Because I don't know if um, you're aware of this or the listeners are, but um, the mural world is very much uh, male-dominated, right? male-dominated, very very cis, very cis-het. kind of industry so to be able to break in as a woman is quite difficult just Mm. being able to get the opportunities in the first place and then once you get the opportunities being paid yeah as much as the guys that's always a big one um so I think just his constant encouragement and I hope I give that back to him um I feel like my brother is is such a fantastic sibling because he's never allowed me to sort of 
sink into um, feeling unworthy or not capable. He's mm. like, no, no, you can do this. To have Dave on my side has been everything. Mm. I don't think I would be where I am without my mum, without my grandmother, without my brother, um, Dave or Ben. Mm. Both of them have always had my back and made sure that I've felt that I have the skills necessary, you know, yeah. and even if I didn't, maybe they would just given me a bit of, <laughs> bit of extra something, you well, know. Well, it's a, the confidence to go for it. Yeah. Um, and that's, it sounds so um, nourishing and beautiful. So the, pe- the people side to your inspiration, it's very clear who's inspired you along the way and supported you. Um, Let's get to the fun side of that. <laughs> Your mum, as you said, she's got an enormous sense of style. Um, it's big, it's, it's bright, colourful. Uh, and as you've mentioned, uh, you know, references Nanny Fine. Tell me how much of that kind of centres in on you and the styles you've chosen to kind of pick up or be inspired by in your own personal style over time? Well, I think um, Fran Fine as a character is unapologetic, completely and utterly. And uh, that's something that I see mirrored in my mum, not just in the way that she dresses, but in the way she exists. Um, like my mum is one of those people who is just like, I am here, get used to it. I'm not making concessions for people. And I think that that's something that, um, Fran Fine as a character kind of embodies. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, (laughs) when I was in primary school, I went to Lackart Primary for a couple of years up until I think like second year, like year two. And uh, something that a lot of the kids would shout out at my mum when she would come and pick me up because she had this, like, 1964 Ford Falcon, baby blue. (laughs) So stylish, just even her cart broke down all the time, (laughs) praying that it would start some days. But um, mum would always come with the most quaffed, like, uh, curly-styled hair because, like, she has curly black hair to begin with. But she would always wear it in that, like, sort of 90s bouffant that Fran would wear. Yeah. Um, that was definitely her signature look and still is to this day. Mm-hmm. Just added some like <laughs> flowers in there. Um, and also with the clothes, like um, Fran really loved to have sort of clashing prints or big sort of over the top, almost Moschino sort of inspired like florals, you know, mm. that kind of like really strong color palette that, almost clashes but doesn't somehow it's just been balanced in a way that works like yeah definitely my mum's style like she and again Frida Kahlo big influence as well so I feel like my mum is sort of this stylistically in the way that she dresses and puts herself together is somewhere in between Frida Kahlo and Fran Fine. And yeah. <laughs> so for you, uh, yeah, you know, when we were talking in terms of preparing for the interview, one of the things you said is like you vacillate between loving really bold, bright prints, which is clear yeah. where <laughs> all of that's come from, and then this contrast of just like all black. Yeah. Um, so you, you were saying that a lot of the paintings that you had in your house were – of that ilk is that do you think that subconsciously you've picked up on that or so I think it's like I'm either sort of 
one of my paintings or I need to be in all black. Yeah. Like it, it is this weird, I kind of don't think, do I don't do anything in halves. Okay. I'm definitely a balls to the wall, all in, like can't do things in halves ever sort of person. So I think my style is like, it's either sinewy and really like tight, little silhouettes and I want to look like a cat burglar, a little yeah. gray, like turtleneck, all black and have it look really sort of that French, um, that French styling where it's really simple or nice tight black jeans with a stripy top kind of thing. So it's like it either has to be really simple, really chic or really over the top. But then I love streetwear as well. Yeah. Like I love Adidas, like, Oh, I've got so much three stripe in my house. <laughs> That's something that my brother Ben and I really connect on. Yeah. We're both addicted. I, w- <laughs> I was going to ask you that. So, um, you know, because you also said your other brother was a BMX um, and rider. still is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I wonder whether I was wondering whether you kind of got that street Possibly, style kind so. of tomboy esque uh, skateboarding BMX riding vibe from them. Definitely, like I mean, I grew up riding BMX and then uh, later skated for quite some time. Don't skate as much as I would like to these days because I'm so worried about breaking a wrist and kind of that takes me out of my yeah. um, the way that I make my money. So, um, growing up was the skate park. Yep. That was where my network, my support network, um, like my local dudes, Five Dog Locals, FDL, (laughs) shout out. Um, (laughs) They're like, they've always been there to support me and um, their attitude towards me being a female at the skate park was not, oh, she's a chick at the skate park. It's like, no. That's yeah, just, just somebody else who's part of the crew. And I think not having that pressure to sort of perform femininity because I didn't need to, it wasn't a prerequisite of the skate park. It's just you need to be good. Mm. You need to have fun. You need to be a nice person and help out your uh, fellow skaters and riders and stuff. I think I've just existed in all these different worlds which have allowed me to be completely myself yeah and very expressive but then it's almost like you're when you you get your all black on that's your chance to be mysterious yes (laughs) yes no it is and it's uh it's kind of like feeling that french fantasy as well like who hasn't wanted to live in Paris for a little while and eat croissants and have like delicious tea and coffee and all the beautiful sweets like just honestly, all the pastries yeah. is what attracts me to <laughs> France. But also Paris, just it's an art hub. Yeah. Like I feel like any other artist would understand what I'm saying when I say like Paris is something that's on your radar. At least you at least need to visit as an artist. Obviously, one of the ways you identify yourself is as an artist um but you also identify yourself as an activist um is there a a bit of rebellion in that or is it because I know that your mum kind of had like you know as you said she grew up in the 60s and went to protests and um is that is it purely her influence or do you think that 
um, the activism that you feel is either an act of rebellion or is it a, a generational thing of being part of a, a generation that feels empowered to I change? Think, I think it's a number of things. I think it's having a mum born in the 60s and growing up in the 70s and 80s and being somebody who has protested against erosion of the environment. Mm. Um, like, mum has always been... As much as mum's uh, a bit of a fashionista, mm. she's still a very very much a hippie at heart. Um, so I think there's that aspect of it. I think it's uh, mum being a First Nations woman. Um, so there's sort of that aspect as well. But I think... Um, being somebody who has been drawn to things that are male-dominated, like BMX, skating, mm. art, um, even fashion is quite male-dominated. Um, like I do find a lot of the biggest houses are run by men, owned mm. by men. Yep. Um, they're under umbrellas, uh, umbrella companies owned by men. So I think um, activism has kind of been something that's, not even a choice, not even something that I've really thought about. It's just whenever I've been confronted with something I don't like about the world that's treating women shittily, mm. I've needed to address it. Yeah. So um, I ran a charity called The Rough Period for five years um, and basically what we did was any people sleeping rough who menstruate, we would give you a, a package. That was our our thing. Yeah. Um, so sleeping rough on the street or maybe you're in a shelter. Um, maybe it's for uh, night patrol vans who are going out and we'll supply them with um, care packages for people. And that birthed from me having a really difficult time at school growing up poor. Yeah. If you're struggling to pay for your groceries and your bills and clothes on your back, pads are definitely going to be something that's just yet another cost. But it's like if you've got all these people who experience very few problems in their day-to-day -day life, uh, making the rules, making the systems, controlling the systems and benefiting from them, uh, everyone else is going to get left out inevitably. And that, I think, is why I've just always been very loud in existing i exist loudly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 even in your artwork right yeah like, <laughs> so how do you find like those values that you have and those that desire to kind of um to fight for positive change how do you find that integrates into the way that you present your creative self to the world through your art it's always been this, uh, what would you call it? I guess this grandeur, this um, this symbol of your power, your influence. Your privilege. Those are, your privilege. Yeah. Those are the people who've been painted since day dot, yeah. um, since portraiture has become a, um, a sort of institution, uh, in a sense, for um, – the rich and privileged and uh, people who have those positions of power. So I think with my artwork, I've always chosen to paint people who were previously not celebrated. Mm -hmm. um, so people who are mixed, people who are people of colour, um, 
people who are gay, people who are trans. Like these are people who absolutely 100% deserve to be celebrated. These are the people who are doing amazing things in our community. These are the people who are making change. These are the activists. These are the people who um, are seeing the problems in the world and doing something about it. So they need to be celebrated. Those people are just as important as the old white guys. Obviously for you, the, the storytelling component of, um, of your artwork is, is uh, an important way to integrate change into um, well, Just general conversation, yeah. the general sort of, psyche. I guess, yeah, yeah. psyche kind yeah. of thing. And um, absolutely, like, I feel like art should always say something. Yeah. So if we take fashion as a form of art, what, what, what do you think that you're projecting out to the world? What story is, is, your, is what you wear say about you? Don't fuck with me or I'll bitch slap you with some colour. <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Uh, um, that's an excellent quote to extract out straight away. <laughs> excellent. I love Maybe it. Maybe a calmer version of that would uh, do no harm but take no shit kind of yeah. vibe. Like I think that's what my fashion says is like I want to be your friend, I want to talk to you, I want to know you but don't disrespect me like and I'm I definitely tough. yeah yeah I think that's where a lot of the sports wear and a lot of the black sort of comes in like that safety outfit mm. it's like when you want to take on the world you kind of wear your all black outfit it's sort of like I can take this on um but it's then sort color, of armor color can be that armor as well where it's like look how fabulous I am yeah <laughs> and how bold I am I can yeah. I can be bold and brash and um I've got the goods to back it up yeah and like we were saying earlier today um like a monochromatic look is definitely something that's in my wheelhouse like yeah. you would pick that without even asking me yeah because I feel like um sometimes you want to embody that color for the day mm. Um, and like I am somebody who, because I'm an artist, I do, um, I do attach uh, feelings and um, uh, feelings to colours. Mm. Like they make me feel a certain way, or can um, build me up and make me feel a bit stronger. Like for instance, I love uh, wearing bright yellow. We were going through some yellow because yes, we um, <laughs> yellow is. Um, is a colour that represents non-binary, is like I associate yellow with so many things that I love. Like my nan and I would make lemon meringue pies when I was growing up a lot and Anzac biscuits. But it's like that that yellow just reminds me of the delicious curd that like mm. goes at the bottom of a lemon meringue pie. And like I love yellow roses because yellow is also, um, yellow roses are symbolic of friendship. Mm. And um, like that sort of platonic love. Just, um, just in terms of your artwork, the the last piece I kind of want to ask you about. Um, obviously, we started the interview talking about the connection between my collaboration with Little Flowers and your artwork. But you, your artwork does kind of celebrate a lot of natural beauty and like connection to land. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So. Um a lot of the uh, things that I sort of surround my subjects with 
will be um, sort of identifiers of like, this person is from this place in the world and this place in the world and they've spent time here because uh, this is like maybe the um, city's flower or this is a flower that that person and their grandmother really connected to or um, this is just something that they love or... Uh, in, for instance, for First Nations people, um, you'll have like things that connect you to family. So um, that could be flowers, that could be uh, an animal or a bird. Um, and so it's almost like a signature, like a crest of, yeah, of different um, sorts. You so know. like different cultures will call them different things. Some people will say totem, some people will say family. Um, and, like, uh, I know uh, my partner, he's a First Nations American man. Like, um, he's First Nations uh, Australian and American and okay. English. Yep. So, uh, for him, that's the black bear. So, I got um, one of his family symbols tattooed on me because that was something that was really special. And um, for him also, the sea dragon is something that, is uh, connected to his First Nations family here in Australia. So when I've painted him, I've always done like sort of little reflections of that. Like I've painted my partner a million times, my (laughs) brothers. Like I have like quite a few people who I do paint regularly because I I have all this knowledge that I want to celebrate about them. Um, And why do you think that you've chosen the natural form of their identification point? like to to further illustrate who they are rather rather than something else that's a good question because i i you are right i do choose natural um sort of connecting things pretty much exclusively Mm. like it's all flowers birds animals plants like and all things that connect them to those bits of land yeah um Oh God, you got me stumped. <laughs> I think I think it's just because. Uh, Do you maybe have a connection a- to land? Like, yeah, is it- like I mean, maybe it's part of the activism. I think maybe it's more because I do care so deeply for the environment, for um, the feminine, for um, people who don't fall under sort of the umbrella of privilege. Like, don't get me wrong, everybody has some privileges. Mm. Um, and everyone's sort of like in a like no one sort of has all the exact same privileges you know what I mean like um, like for instance you and I are both able-bodied people Mm -hmm. that's a privilege yeah Um, I think a lot of people forget that privilege isn't just skin tone and gender there's like a bunch of other things that sort of come into that and um, I think maybe that connection to the natural is because that's something that does get shat on a bit by society. Um, and also, I is it celebrate that, that it's an even playing field too? I, I mean, I mean, I guess there is a hierarchy within the animal kingdom, but you know, like that, it's it's free of politics. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I see what you mean in the sense that, like, uh, the platypus is not thinking about whether. <laughs> Um, Scott Morrison <laughs> is ruining the country or not. Um, the platypus is not worrying about the same things that we're worrying about. So, yeah, maybe it is that um, part of that uh, even playing field, that connection, that sort of... Um, Harmony yeah, that comes with 
just cooperating in one ecosystem and that's the central kind well, of role of... you take something out and it stops working. Yeah. So it's like it is that sort of, I guess, nature is the perfect example of community and balance mm. because without balance it doesn't work. Like I don't know if you heard about um, Yellowstone National Park, a bunch of the wolves uh, got taken out... Um, I think they were just hunted into oblivion. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until that wolves got reintroduced to the national park that rivers started flowing again because they had taken out a bit for obviously whoever preys on them and what they prey on, all of those things begin to come out of whack and it gets reflected into the, um, the environment around. So it's like I guess maybe it is sort of symbolic of that that harmony yeah. that the natural world kind of has. It's only when we fuck it up <laughs> <laughs> or like if we decide to take something away or because um, like humans are selfish. Yeah. We, we overfish, we overfarm, we, we take things that we really shouldn't be taking um, and like that throws things off. So maybe, it, yeah, maybe it's a celebration of that kind of harmony. Yeah. That so desire for harmony. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of desires, what's coming up for you? What, what do you what, what do you hope to come up for you um, in terms of your work or future plans? What? Well, I'm always happy to work with my brother. Um, we love working together. I think that's going to be something that happens till the day I die. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I've been teaching uh, art to younger kids. I've been doing a program with um, uh, New South Wales Education with their art sector in New South Wales and um, that's been doing a lot of murals with schools, high schools and primary schools and I've been loving that because I get to meet so many um, different kids and learn stuff that I feel like when you only surround yourself with people who are part of your demographic, your age group, you kind of miss out. Mm. So it's like being able to hear about something new happening with like yeah. younger kids and stuff and also just meeting the teachers. You just learn so much and travelling because I do a bit of travel for it, um, learning about people's different uh, country and um, language and stuff like that. Mm. So, for instance, um, I just did a, uh, what do you call it, mural at Warrenora River Public School I actually got to meet a little girl who I'm distantly related to. Mm. She's a little Birupai woman. Yeah. Well, not a little. She's a woman. Yeah. Um, she's <laughs> on her way. Um, but, yeah, that was really cool just being like, oh, I've just incidentally met some family. So, yeah, yeah, just, um, just working, plugging away. But I've got a solo show coming up. So that's my big my big kahuna Focus. Yeah. for this year. Yeah. That's with Backwards Gallery down in Melbourne. Okay, great. And um, I think that happens around June. Yep. So keep your eyes peeled, I people. I will do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And last question for you. You've got all these great, amazing influences that have informed the various kind of parts of your style and who you are. It, and part of it is a, a youthful kind of street culture that you embody. When you are in your 70s, like how do you imagine yourself being? How, how do you imagine yourself, rep, you representing yourself? Oh, 
that's a hard one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I guess I do sort of try and sort of keep my finger on the pulse in a sense of like connecting with the new and the ever-evolving, but I do feel like um, that attraction to sort of um, 60s, 70s and 80s fashion is maybe a bit of nostalgia, maybe a bit of safety because it reminds me of my gorgeous mum. I think it just, it's uh, the older style stuff, references that I really dig, like Prince. I love Prince. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stevie Nicks. um, Definitely two people who have a big influence on my fashion. Also, maybe the streetwear comes from my love for Dennis Rodman. I think he's, like, a bit of a badass. Like, especially during the 90s, always having a different hair colour every match. Yeah. so I think it's like maybe it brings me comfort. Yeah. Potentially. So I think that's what it is. It's like a grounding thing to be sort of sorry, <laughs> sound <laughs> to be moving back and forth um between, between now and the past with fashion I think is uh I guess that represents me a little bit in yeah. a way cuz like I feel like my art sort of a bit that way the way I kind of um exist in the world is sort of that acknowledgement of the past but also moving into the future like my artwork I'm definitely inspired by 16th and 17th century portraiture that's why everyone is positioned the way they're positioned I get people to pose the way that they pose so there's like that love is reflected in the portraiture and then I guess my uh, love for my culture and my First Nations background is reflected in all the things that surround the subject. So I guess it's, yeah, it's give and take, it's push and pull, it's past and future. And that, yeah. that will continue on. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, look, Naomi, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your new exhibition, ah, new work. Thank you. And um, it's a pleasure to have finally landed here today with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope I wasn't boring. <laughs> <laughs> Whether she's taking on the form of a French cat burglar, colour in the shape of Frida Kahlo, or simply three-striped streetwear fit for the skateboard park, Noni style stimuli seemingly come from far afield. However, it doesn't take much scratching of the surface to see Noni's most iconic influences are close to home. And while she credits her brothers and grandmother for their support, it's the resounding strength, colourful creativity and gregarious generosity of her mother that has most significantly shaped Noni and her style. Whether it be in her paintings or her person, Noni has taken on her mother's teachings wholeheartedly. And it's Noni's natural style to make these messages of identity, inclusivity and belonging be bold and be beautiful. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed hearing this style story, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast and give it a rating to help other like-minded listeners find these stylish stories.